Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is another episode of Looking for the Middle. A Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're just two single girls trying to figure out how to navigate dating well as Christian women. Yeah. And another thing we got to figure out how to navigate is this crazy new hands-free driving law. Oh well, my gosh. not hands-free driving. That would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but let's the, not do that. But the hands-free phone stuff, what are you going to do? Oh my gosh. This is stressing me out. <laughs> me so too. for those of you who don't know, Georgia is passing a new law where you cannot be touching your phone or supporting your phone with any part of your body while you're in the car or while you're driving yeah. the car. And like you can't even navigate your music like you can't even which is dumb which how am i supposed to so many cars have that stuff but i'm more dangerous trying to figure out the buttons in my car than the buttons on my that's what i'm saying thankfully my car has buttons on the steering wheel but i've thought about people like my siblings have older cars yeah so they've got it even worse than i do well one thing i have found out is at least i have an iphone and there's this do not disturb while driving setting which i didn't even know about and you can like, you go into your settings, and you go to Do Not Disturb, and down at the bottom, it has this thing where you can set it to automatically come on while your phone is connected to your Bluetooth. So, like, when your phone connects Ooh. to your Bluetooth, it goes to Do Not Disturb, and if people text you, it, like, auto-texts them back. Hey, I'm driving. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I think there's, like, a thing where they can send the word urgent, and it'll, like, push it through, but it oh, won't even wow. notify you so you don't know, but then they know you're not ignoring them, which could grief. How dependent are we on technology, though, if people have to know that we're driving all the time? But it is so, I mean, it is going to complicate things. I did go buy one of those, like, car mount things that sticks on my air vent. that's smart. I've got one of the magnet ones, yeah. Yeah, my phone will stick, but but I have my watch, too. So I have an Apple Watch, and mine, I mean, it is, but then I know when people text me. So I'm sitting there reading my watch and driving. But I think that's allowed. It is. So, and that's my thing, too. People are going to get distracted by this. I mean, I get... I have noticed that fewer people sit at lights longer or in traffic, coming home from work, people are paying attention a little better. We should start a a fund, Bethany and Kristen's text while driving donation fund for the times we forget, (laughs) then we get pulled over. And then we get pulled over. (laughs) I think it's what, like a $50 fine or something? Yeah, but I did hear in certain counties they're giving you a warning the first time. Oh, that's nice. So, which is very kind of They probably won't in our county. Gosh. First world problems, (laughs) y'all. Right, okay. Seriously, though. But for real, though, today, though, we are going to be talking about technology best practices, but as it relates to dating. So, not in the car. Exactly. If you want to figure that out, you can Google it. Why did I say that? (laughs) You can just leave that out. Just cut out everything I just said at the end. And we're done. Gosh. We don't have to tell you that we live in a technology-infested culture. There are a bajillion ways to talk to people these days between social media, your phone, email, Slack, all the things that I have to talk to people at work on. Too many. Way too many. If you ask me. It's insane. (laughs) I don't know how I just keep up with it sometimes. But... Today, we really want to look at how can we use these tools in a positive, respectful, and helpful way, especially in the context of relationships and dating. Okay, so let's just jump in. Our first tip for using technology well is to not use it, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, The first thing, though, really is use technology as a secondary communication option rather than a first choice. Yes, technology should never be the primary way you get to know someone, especially 
when it replaces face-to-face communication. I cannot stress that enough. And now I know people will say, yeah, but we're long distance and we have to. I will say this, FaceTime or Skype should be your best friend in that instance. Oh, yeah. Not texting, not Facebook messaging, because you are face-to-face and you can see the person you're talking to. So, because I know, yes, it is different with long distance, but even then, don't fall back on that. Yeah, FaceTime was invented for a reason. Right. (laughs) So, use it for that reason. Also, fun fact, did you know that... People worldwide will send 8.3 trillion, with a T, text messages in just this year alone. So, if you're not super quick with math, as I am not, that's almost 23 billion messages per day and almost 16 million messages per minute. That's staggering. That's insane. I I, I can't even... Like, those, those numbers are too big to wrap my head around. Like, yeah. I can't even... But that's how dependent we are on texting, on technology. Yeah, and what sucks is that texting is so one-dimensional. Don't get me wrong, I love texting. (laughs) I do it all the time, and I text my friends constantly, my family, all this stuff. But it's so easy to misinterpret things, to, you know, not understand, to not be able to tell if someone's joking or if they're being serious. There's just a lot of room for error. I mean, all it takes is one wrong move and you mess all kinds of things up which (laughs) I can't believe I'm about to say this I have a a friend who was getting married and I had a lingerie shower to go to um and so (laughs) as we girls do we run everything by our friends of course so I was texting several of the other girls and I was sending them pictures of the lingerie trying to figure out what to buy for the shower (laughs) And so I had sent him a couple of pictures when we were talking about it, and I had moved over to another section, and I was looking, and I went back to my text, pulled up my top thread, put a couple pictures in there, and had typed in, what do you think of this? When I looked at the little send button, and it wasn't blue as it should be for an iMessage from an iPhone, it was green, which gave me pause, and I looked up, and the text thread I was about to send that message through was to one of my guy friends. Oh my god. So he had apparently texted me while I was in there something else oh my word, that I didn't realize. So I went back in to just text the top thread that was I thought was my girlfriend's. Thank goodness he didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> because if he did, I would have sent that without hesitating. And he would have gotten a text message from me with pictures of lingerie <laughs> that said, what do you think of this? So that it's should so tell funny. you how quickly and how easy it is for things to go horribly wrong. When you're texting. No, it's so funny, but it's so awful. <laughs> I would have never been able to look at him in the face again. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> well, and, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, not only can that happen, but you don't get any facial expressions with text messaging. You don't get any body language or tone. And what is, what's the stat? I majored in communication. I should have this memorized. <laughs> but the majority, I want to say 70% of communication is nonverbal. It's so true. Yes, so little of what you're communicating are the words coming out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, And one thing, too, like, I've gone out with guys who are, like, really awesome at texting. Like, they were really witty and could banter. And then you get face-to-face with them, and it's like pulling teeth to get them to talk. Because behind a screen, you can sit there and edit all your words, and you can really think about what you want to say. And so it's not a true picture of who you are. Whereas vice versa, same thing. 
I've gone out with guys who were really horrible at texting. Like, terrible, never responded, whatever. But then in person, they're like a totally different, totally different person. Oh, yeah. And that's not bad. It just kind of shows that it's not something that should really be used to necessarily make a snap decision. Um, it's okay if you're not a good texter-er. <laughs> or you are. That's the technical term. <laughs> yes, exactly. And give me keep in mind, too, women use something like 10,000 words a day, on average, more than a man. So, obviously, That's we're going to shocking, be... <laughs> but not really, also. <laughs> right? Which I think it just comes as we use a lot more words to say it, not as much as we should. That's a very good point. Um, but, so that translates into cyber communication, too. So just keep all of that in mind and talk about it with the guy you're dating. That's so true. If you can communicate, this is actually tip. Tech tip number two. Oh, like that little alliteration. Yeah, I did say that five times fast. Seriously. Don't really. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't bore y'all with that train wreck. Communicate ahead of time. Bold, all caps, underline, quotation marks, whatever you need to say there. Communicate ahead of time your normal technology usage habits with the guy you're dating. Not like a in-depth analysis. It's no. more of just like a FYI. Yeah, because it's so important because that helps you kind of set the expectation of, how you're going to talk, when you're going to talk, all of that stuff. So, for instance, you could ask yourself first these questions, but then if it comes up with him, you know, do you text a lot throughout the day or do you only text when you're not at work or in school? Do you prefer texting to talking on the phone? Are you more a wordy texter like Bethany and I are? (laughs) Um, Are you more to the point? Do you like FaceTime? It's so important for you to have these conversations. And I have done this and found that it's super helpful because, again, you know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And that eliminates a lot of confusion. Yeah. And wondering, oh, why is he not texting me for three hours? He's in class right now. Yeah. So. Well, and it's it's such a big part of our lives now that if it is an issue where if you don't really line up on how you communicate on these things, it's similar to like in-person communication styles. You have to kind of learn what they are and adapt and be willing to make a sacrifice to communicate the way your partner best communicates. Yeah. To, to, take, to compromise there. And... To keep a relationship progressing, you have to both be willing to do that. So, it goes both ways. If you're not a texter, but your boyfriend is, which let's be real, it's probably not often Usually that the way. way around, yeah. But you both have to kind of work on that and get back to the middle a little bit of compromising on that. Yeah. And I have a couple story. I have a good example and a bad example okay. in this case from personal experience. I dated a guy in college who, and I so appreciated that he did this, he told me ahead of time, hey, Kristen, I really don't like to text when I'm in class um, because I want to focus, which I appreciated. I'm a nerd. I liked school, too. (laughs) So I was like, totally fine. And so he kind of, I knew when he was in class, and so I knew he wasn't going to text me back during those times, and it was fine, and it wasn't this, oh, my gosh, why doesn't he want to talk to me? (laughs) That's how I sound when I whine, by the way. <laughs> but I had, again, I knew ahead of time what was going on. On the other hand, I've been on the other side where I dated a guy who texted me all the time before we started dating. So as we're in that weird trying to figure out what we are phase. But then as soon as we came, became official, he said he didn't like texting or FaceTime and we were long distance. 
Which is kind of impossible. Right. And so I was thinking, okay, how in the world is this going to work if the two methods of communication we will be using most frequently you don't like to do? Mm -hmm. And again, like you said earlier, there wasn't any of that compromise. I'm not dating this guy anymore. Yeah. That wasn't the main reason. But that played into a lot of other problems that came up because we weren't on the same page. We didn't communicate that well. And there wasn't a lot of willingness to sacrifice that in order to communicate so and it's not really too much of like there's definitely not a one-size-fits-all right answer for everyone it's more about finding your groove as a couple or even if you're not a couple finding your groove as two people trying to communicate what works for you and then going with that but then keep communication open about your communication that's very wise don't be confused, people. It's fine. It's really not that hard. Just talk about how you talk and exactly. you'll be good. You'll be good to go. Which communication is yes. just, you know, so as it's so important, leads us to tip number three, which is no ghosting. Ever. Period. Exclamation point. Exclamation point is better. <laughs> exactly. Maybe a few of those. There you go. Throw several of them in there. I really, I just, I get frustrated talking about ghosting. This should not be as prevalent as it is, but unfortunately, I mean, anytime you bring up ghosting, everybody's got a story about it. They've either done it or they've been on the other end or it's been a multiple occasion thing, mm-hmm. repeat offenders, the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. It's just so heartbreaking to me. So whether it's complete ghosting and you're just like a cold, hard stop or what I like to call the slow fade where you just gradually take longer to respond and then you quit responding and then you just disappear into the abyss. Which sounds like it's nicer, but it's really not. It's not. not. That's almost worse. I agree. If I had to pick between, you know, the lesser of two evils, I may pick the cold turkey. But none of it's okay. No. And it's inconsiderate. It's insensitive. And frankly, I'm not trying to sound like bashy here, but it's immature. Because you're not being a grown-up and having a grown-up conversation and being honest with somebody that you don't want to date them, talk to them, whatever you're doing anymore. And, I mean, just think about it. You wouldn't want anybody doing this to you. That's You just feel so horrible. I mean, if you're listening to this and you've ever been ghosted, you know it sucks. You feel insecure, and especially as girls, we question everything. We think... You know, was I not pretty enough? Was I not funny enough? Did he, you know, get bored with me? Was I too needy? You know, you come up with every excuse in the book. Plus a few. Plus a few. And you just question everything. And it's a horrible feeling. So why in the world would you ever want to put somebody else through that? And I know that I'm super non-confrontational. I hate confronting people about hard things or tough topics or whatever. But... And I get that you think, oh, they're going to get mad or they're going to lash out or maybe he'll cry. I don't know if guys actually do that (laughs) in that situation. But you're scared of how he's going to react. But you can't control how he's going to respond. What you can control is how you handle the situation. And I would hope and pray that if you are in a situation where you don't want to continue moving forward in a relationship with a guy, that you would have enough respect for him to say, hey, this isn't working. And just be honest. But don't ghost him. Don't use your phone as you know, a curtain to hide behind because you don't want to buck up and have a five-minute conversation. Because really it says more about the person who's doing it than who it's being done to. Oh, absolutely. And this is such a unique thing because it's so new. 
because without technology, we wouldn't really have ghosting. Oh, gosh, no. It's a very new thing. You which... don't ghost in person. That's just awkward. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped talking to somebody and walked away. Like... Okay. Have y'all ever watched? The... You've watched The Office, Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Of course. So, you know when Dwight's mad and he's going to shun? Jim? Oh, yes. And he's like, unshun, reshun. And he's like, <laughs> that's like the equivalent of ghosting. That's so true. In person. And you saw, you saw in the episode how well that oh works. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> such a great analogy. I never okay. thought about that. Okay, so I know we're just talking about text messages versus real conversations, and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but today it is. I mean, we talked about how many text messages are sent every minute or every day, but don't ever let that be a crutch that replaces face-to-face communication when a hard conversation needs to take place, which is actually our last tip. And I think as millennials, and I think sometimes we both kind of Cringe a little when we have to raise our hands and say, yes, we're millennials yes, millennial. too. I barely made it in. Yeah, I'm an old soul, but <laughs> um, I just kind of fall into it still. But we are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's so prevalent is that we have this entire, and I, I'm saying we, mm-hmm. because as much as we don't want to admit it, we need to hear this. This applies to us just as much, if not more, as anyone else. Um, but we expect and feel entitled to everything being easy or making us feel good. And that's why when something doesn't or a hard conversation needs to happen, we either want to hide behind our phones or ghost someone and just not say anything at all. Yeah. Um, well, even think about when you're in awkward situations, you immediately pull out your phone. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be in Very any kind of uncomfortable point. situation, and so you take your yeah, phone and that's because no crutch. one will bother you. Exactly. Yeah. So, and this is something that, just over the past couple of years has really been on my mind a lot. Why do we feel that way? Especially as Christians. Because if we look at our ultimate example, Christ came to earth and he lived a perfect sinless life. 30 plus years in word, thought, and deed. We can't say that about the last 30 minutes. None of us. None of us can. (laughs) Yet, what did he do? He went to the cross. He was crucified. He was murdered in one of the most painful ways possible. But he didn't deserve any of that. Most of these hard, awkward, not most, all of these hard, awkward situations, we get ourselves into them. So he went to the cross, didn't deserve any of that. And what was his focus and his heart through all of that? He said, not my will, but thine. And submitted himself to the Father. He was sinless and that was his attitude. So Christ came and died to redeem his people. To redeem Christians. To sanctify them. Not so that they would have an easy life. Not so that they would be happy and not have to do hard things. He came to die and redeem them. To make them more like himself. And what did he do? He did the hard things all the while saying, not my will but thine. So that's our attitude. We can do hard things. And just like with working out, if I were to go into the gym now and try to lift up a bar that had 100 pounds on it, yeah, I might could pick it up, but that would be hard. But if I went tomorrow and did the same thing, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, it would get easier. Not because the bar changed, but because I was stronger, and I was more focused, and my form was better at lifting it up. It's the same way with this. If you do hard things and condition yourself to do the hard things, looking to the Father to submit your will to Him, those hard things get easier. 
Not because they change and they're not hard, but because you're looking past the hard thing to Christ. And I know that goes way past text messages. No, but that's so good. But the hard attitude and the little things of avoiding the hard conversation translates into every part of our lives where you avoid the hard things because it doesn't feel good, but that's not why we're here. No. Well, and just having an attitude of selflessness. Exactly. Like, Christ came to do this for us so that we could have a relationship to restore with our Heavenly Father. Broken. Yeah. And the whole time was so others-focused. And if you look at the through the lens of being others-focused from everything we've talked through today... That totally changes how you use technology Completely. because it's a way to communicate and get to know other people better and to still be honoring of them and value them and not use it as something to make avoiding hard yeah. things a little bit easier. Right. So that's so good, Bethany. Preach. I mean, <laughs> gosh. All in all, we, we just understand technology is a huge part of our lives and there are a lot of perks to it. I mean, gosh, technology has made our lives a heck of a lot easier. I mean, think about life without Google for a second. We can't. We'd have to Google what you would right. do without Google. Yeah, my parents <laughs> give me a hard time. Like, we had to use an encyclopedia. I mean, the whole shebang. There are a lot of perks. But just as with anything else, there can be too much of a good thing. Or a good thing can be used in a not-so-good way. And that's exactly what can happen here if we're not careful. And trust us, we are going to have this episode on repeat because we need to hear this Yes. Just as much as the next person. But we hope that this has been helpful to you as you're trying to navigate a really tricky part of dating. And I would just say remember one thing. If you take one thing away from this, hard does not equal bad. Mm. If that's the one thing you remember, that I think it kind of sums up what we're trying to get across. Yeah. Hard does not equal bad. In fact, sometimes it's good. Oh, for yeah. you and for the other person. Well, it's a so, growing experience. It is. And all of life is a growing experience. All of life is making us more like Jesus. So just remember that. That's really good. That's really good. All right, guys, make sure you tune in for the next two weeks because the next topic was definitely worth two episodes. We are going to be breaking down the differences between a boy and a man. Age is but a number, ladies. Yes. And then after we do that, we're going to talk about six men you should want to date. You are not going to want to miss this. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And thanks for joining us for another week of Looking for the Middle.